I'm Jason Harmon, and this is API Intersection, where you'll get insights from experienced API practitioners to learn best practices on things like API design, governance, identity, auth, versioning, and more. Welcome back to API Intersection, and uh, today, uh, a little something more normal. I feel like the last few, we've been kind of all over the place with weird stuff. Today, uh, a great guest in Daniel David, uh, head of APIs at Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo, how about that? Uh, so, and uh, my co-host again is uh, Anna, uh, product marketing from Stoplight, and I'm Jason Harmon, uh, CTO at Stoplight, by the way. Uh, so Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hey, so thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate it. Um, so I am the, the head of payment APIs um, at Wells Fargo in, in a group we call um, the Wells Fargo Gateway. Um, and uh, I've, I've been with the, the team basically since the beginning. It was um, I helped sort of build it from, from the ground up uh, a little over five years ago. Um, and you know, in a previous life, I was a developer, but I've really migrated over to the, to the product side. And then um, this role has been a nice combination of, of the two. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was telling the other folks on here before we started. Like, I feel a little uh, affinity here, having come from engineering background, gone into product stuff because of APIs, and had such lovely, ambiguous titles as head of APIs at a large organization, <laughs> which, in my experience, just means we don't exactly know where to slot you. But uh, that's normal. <laughs> the, you know, the interesting thing here is, I mean, you've got ten years at in in fintech and kind of. Um, mm at least certainly the last five focusing on APIs, you know, it, it, which I, we've seen at Stoplight the last year or two, a big boom in API development around fintech. Um, is Wells Fargo seeing a lot of the same kind of investment? Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's our, I would venture to say probably, you know, our fastest growing section of the bank where we, you know, the, the number of calls has exploded, the number of partners, um, that, that are either approaching us or that, that, you know, really just makes sense for us to partner with, um, is, is only growing. <clears throat> and, uh, just the idea of integrating embedded finance didn't, wasn't even a term a few years ago. And now it's, you know, you sort of, it's, it's everywhere. Um, so I think it's the idea of being able to make payments, find out your data, um, anything like that, wherever you want and whenever you want is, is very quickly becoming, um, just an accepted and expected, um, part of the lexicon. Hmm. What kind of partners and customers do you work with? Um, so, well, our group focuses on, um, commercial wholesale customers. So there are instances where we have a commercial customer where ultimately there's, you know, um, even millions of end users. But the, the integration is between the wholesale customer and, and Wells Fargo um, exclusively. And like what's you mentioned this phrase, uh, integrating embedded finance, which, uh, you know, like good deck talk. But uh, give me some <laughs> give me some reality of like what do use cases look like in the wild that are driving kind of more APIs in fintech? Um, it could be something like being able to open an account um, in a particular context, it could be applying for a credit card and instantly getting approved and getting the credit and being able to pay for that item right then and there. So it's those sort of ideas of I want to move money, but I don't want to stop and go to my application, you know, my my app for my bank 
or I, you know, realize that I need a loan, like, like buy now, pay later, perfect example. Um, that's taking off and that's just a variation on getting a credit card, uh, all of it in context. And I think, you know, for our customers, it helps, it certainly helps the stickiness, um, because they don't want their customers to kind of have that hurdle of saying, Oh, well, sorry, can't do it. You know, this is a way of saying, no, no, you know, we, we thought of this already and here's an offer for you. Um, and making it, you know, easier, especially for, for larger ticket items, that concept of, of taking control, um, and making it happen in context, it, it's very powerful. Yeah. I suppose the, uh, the kind of boost in online shopping over the last couple of years, uh, for, you know, our favorite environmental condition probably has something to do with that. No question it does. I think that, you know, the trend is, is going that way anyways. Yeah. I think, you know, it, it's just accelerated. It's almost like it's just introducing people to uh, something that if they had known about it earlier, it would have accelerated anyways. And this is just, you know, making it uh, go a little bit more quickly. Yep. So again, at Stoplight, like, you know, we've talked to, I feel like all the fintechs in the last couple of years, <laughs> there's just so much going on in that space. And, you know, and I look at projects like our, our friends at Open Banking, um, you know, also using Stoplight, you know, there's there have always been standards amongst kind of, you know, interprocess calls and, and financial, it, you know, is there some promise of something like Open Banking making all this a little bit easier where not everybody's doing everything bespoke or, you know, are we, are we not quite there yet? I think we're getting there. There's certainly some ISO standards, 2022 and things like that are, are being adopted um, probably more at the larger enterprise levels or the ERPs um, will, will include those sort of things. But for it to become, and there are other standards actually that are going forth, NACHA and Affinis, and there's all these you know organizations that are trying to establish standards but for it to become ubiquitous, it'll probably take a while. Um, but in the meantime, you, I think you're starting to see just best practices um, and commonalities when you start to go to some of the larger fintechs. You start to you start to see others copying uh, to the point where it's not a standard, but it's it gets to the point where if you're not adhering to some of those practices, you're the outlier. Uh, so in that sense, I think it will get easier and simpler, but to the point where everybody's uh, adhering to the same standards, I'm not sure I'd see that in the next couple of years. What are some of the specific concerns that these standards are addressing for the fintech industry? I think, uh, maybe can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So I'm thinking particularly in your case, you have a lot of uh, security standards you have to adhere to, right? So is, are you doing mm -hmm. anything differently um, in your industry that than others when it comes to standards for APIs? I think, I mean, the short answer is probably no. Um, you know, we certainly have our many layers of security and we have to be extra careful given that, you know, we're, we're storing very sensitive information, payments, things like that. But beyond that, in terms of the actual APIs, API design, um, we're going to do everything we can to, whether it's to tokenize, whether it's to just simply not, you know, really limit or even not send certain sensitive information. Um, and, and, and in a way, sometimes that makes implementations, you know, it can, it, they, they can be a little bit different. You know, we might sort of say, well, we want folks to, uh, when we're sending webhooks, for example, you know, 
we want to make sure that customers are um, authenticated and uh, you know as well as 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 they should be, which means maybe they have to come back to the API to actually pick up the the sensitive data. So so there's going to be things like that um, that I think you know we've made the choice to 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 focus really to make sure that security and and um, that our customers are are comfortable um, and sometimes a little bit of uh, convenience might be, you know, might be sacrificed, but I think it's, it's well worth it. Yeah. But I mean, I, this is interesting for me, especially, I mean, I, I certainly don't have the decade in FinTech that you do, but a couple of years at PayPal kind of, you know, got a peek behind sure. the curtain. And uh, I think for me, it's like, there's, there's kind of layers to this at the, the sort of financial level or, or let's say, uh, sorry, institutional level of communication like standardizing operations is easier because you have repeatable things that everybody does. Um, But like when you're talking about sort of partner integration and some of these things, these tend to be different, right? In that they're not necessarily as repeatable of things um, that may be more product specific to like things that, that you all do specifically. Is that a fair interpretation? Yeah, it is. Um, there's certainly going to be products and services that maybe Wells Fargo offers that that not a lot of other institutions offer, um, even financial institutions. And so, inevitably, yeah, there's going to be some nuance and um, very specific services that that do require non-standard ways of doing things. It, it would be nice to be able to build CRUD REST APIs for everything. But inevitably, I'm not, I'm not even sure we can you know, have, a, have a single one at this point. Um, there are so many other uh, verbs, really, right. and, and actions that are required. Uh, so to your point, yeah, absolutely. When you're talking about payments, you're talking about validations and submissions and, and all these things that just don't, don't map easily to, to you know, put in patches and things like that. Yeah. And as far as, you know, like you gave the example of, you know, uh, sort of, trust around webhook delivery and things like that like these are these are more technical solutions that aren't uh, there's nothing fintech specific about let's say security and apis i don't know i can't think of anything is there something is there like fintech specific security stuff that's uh in your mind because i to me it's all portable fintech specific security I, I don't, nothing really comes to mind. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, there's definitely times when we're sending account information. So you want, you probably want a little bit extra on tokenization or only sending the last four. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot more of that. That's probably the only mm. thing that's a little bit more financial. That makes sense. Related. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, if you looked around, probably any sort of high compliance type business, I mean, healthcare, stuff like that, you see these kinds of things too, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 an overall thing too because sometimes one piece of information by itself feels kind of innocuous, but you have to always pay attention. But in combination, suddenly you know some bad actors can can uh, do things that you don't want them to do. So that's something you just have to always be cognizant of. Yeah. Actually, a question I forgot to ask even before is um, in terms of you know APIs at Wells Fargo. I presume there's an internal landscape of these things as well as what gets externalized for, uh, you know, partners and whatnot. Are, are you working yeah. with that full scope or just kind of the external piece? Um, for, for, for my part, it's the external piece. We, we certainly have a, an entire team uh, dedicated to doing the microservices and the internal, um, you know, certainly we have a lot of legacy systems. So there's, 
there's a lot going on internally, but, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it takes up enough time to, to focus on the external. (laughs) I mean, we, we certainly care a lot about what goes on internally because it will affect, um, everything from performance to just what we're able to externalize either at all or safely or, or, you know, with, with the appropriate, um, uptime and, and performance. So it's, it all comes together for sure. But, but yeah, my focus is external. So presuming that there's more things going on than just payment APIs, that there's lots of other API activity going on, um, yeah. you know, how do you sort of address, you know, consistency of how APIs work across these different areas of the business? Um, that's a great question. So I, you know, I have a colleague who is in charge, so I'm in charge of the payment APIs and then my colleague is in charge of, um, the data and account open APIs. So that would be every time you want to look up information, um, and, or, um, as I was mentioning before, the, the opening accounts, whether that, you know, a credit line or, or any, anything like that. And so in terms of consistency, it's, it's a very, it's a key topic. And so we have a standards board. We have, we have the governance that, that I think is necessary that I'm, you know, certainly a part of, and we have some really great, you know, spirited discussions on, on anything and everything from, you know, performance metrics to field names, to pagination, to, you know, um, because yeah, it really, I think it really matters consistency. You know, if I think about what the customer, what makes a good product for a customer, there's the, you know, are we actually giving them what they want product market fit? Are we solving their problem? But that's really just a part of it. I'm not sure what percentage, but the other huge part is the implementation, the maintenance. If you're going to be versioning, I mean, we spent a lot of time figuring out what's, what a proper versioning um, I, you know, I, I had to do that from scratch, you know, and, and it really, and even after you take the time to talk about it and iterate, I think iteration is key for everything. Once you actually do it for the first time and you experience customers who, you know, some of whom are very excited to move on to the next latest and greatest, and some of whom are not because for whatever reason, maybe they have third party developers and they say, sorry, but X number of months is not, not enough. And so, but in terms of consistency, um, it's extremely important. We, we've put in place quality control, you know, checks, um, milestones. So we look over APIs before we let them out the door because of that exact thing, because we're already up to, you know, many dozens of APIs and it can quickly get out of hand, um, because a number of our customers will use, um, more than one API, you know, many of them, and you don't want them to start saying, well, wait a minute, what? Why is this header over here different? Why is that field name make you know means two different things in two different places for the same name? So we're always thinking about you know not using abbreviations and and uh, and just clarity in terms of you know are we going to use a flat structure versus nested? And there, there's all these um, discussions we have such that the final product at least you know is clear, simple, and easy to understand. You know, in my perfect world, you would probably not even really need to look at the documentation. If you could just look at a sample and, and understand 90 plus percent, and I think we're in a good place. That's, that's my goal or even hundred percent, you know, there's going to be certain times when you have to list out what the enumerated values are. Sure. But generally speaking, clarity above all is, is, and that's, that's what I go by. How do you enforce those standards once they're set up? Um, through those quality control checks. So, so, um, it's at at regular intervals. Um, we have, you know, we have folks not just, you know, there's performance testing and there's, there's the basics like that, you know, are are things in the right place in, in, in the databases and things like that. But it's, it's just manually looking over APIs 
and making people, sure people does the power. URL match what it you know what it should be? Does the name make sense? How does it work with the other APIs? Because these are all puzzle pieces. You know, it's sort of like each API is almost like its own little startup. You know, it has to go get customers and it starts from scratch. But it's also kind of part of the larger ecosystem that's almost like a more mature startup, and they all have to play nicely together. And and you do have to think ahead. Um, you can't just you know create an API and almost like take a URL, take a name that's maybe a little bit too general. And then, and then a year later, you want to build something and you're like, oh, wait a minute, we just took that name and now what are we going to do? So um, knowing the landscape of what's coming up in the next 12 to 18 months. And that, you know, for that, we, need, we have architects, we have our, our developers who really understand all the complexities. You know, I mean, you know, Wells Fargo is a, a large institution, tons of services. So it, it, it's, it, it's very difficult to really know every possible you know, um, system and what might be coming next, but you do your best. And, and that goes a long way. Uh, you know, I think product discovery design, it's slowly but surely taking more and more of the percentage of the time of the actual API. And I think that's a good thing. I think that the build, you can auto automate a lot of it, not, you know, and that's thanks to our, you know, we have a, we actually have like proprietary, uh, um, programs that we've, we've created to, to sort of try to make things as, as automated as possible for everything from, you know, the open API spec documentation to the actual build and the integration layer. And at some point that'll probably get down to a matter of hours or minutes instead of days and weeks. Um, but the design and the discovery, I think it's almost like there's never, you can't possibly spend too much time. Um, there just has to be a point where you say, okay, <laughs> let's just do this. Um, but the iterations, uh, I could go on forever about that. It reminds me of one of the first kind of developers that, uh, I worked with had that kind of mentality and, uh, he would sit with a notebook for days and write in this notebook and I'd just be like turning to colleagues, like, does this guy ever code? And then he'd be like, you'd see the headphones go on and he'd flip through 10 pages of notes and for like 45 minutes would just crank out code and it was impeccable and it did exactly what we thought uh, because it was his mentality was 90% design means yes. means I don't think well I code, right? I can just yeah. go heads down and crank it out and deliver. And, and, and maybe that is from my, you know, back when I was a developer, uh, that, that was, that was what I would that I'd try to do is really just, you know, um, in my head and on paper, here's what it should do and should look like. And at that point, it's just fill in the gaps. You know, it's almost like the code is there. It's just pseudocode. And now, you know, now you actually just put it down on paper and testing. I mean, it's almost, it's, it's like you can write down what you think the customer wants. And that's super important and iterate many times. For me, the most important part is the acceptance criteria, mm -hmm. you know, um, because that's truly shows whether you're building what you want it to do. Um, user stories are great. Sometimes they get a little, uh, you know, well, square well. peg round hole kind of thing. <laughs> um, it, you know, people are retrofitting. So I'm not as big on, on exactly that the user story is perfect, but the accepted criteria, I insist on as comprehensive as possible because then you know, have you done it properly? You're using any sort of testing automation on that acceptance criteria? Yeah, we try to map our, our uh, automate all our tests and map it to to the acceptance criteria. It's another area, you know. There's the design piece, and then there's the testing piece. Where I don't think you can possibly iterate enough on testing because whatever you can test, 
you're going to miss something yeah. that's inevitable. So you just have to bake it in that you're, you know, um, always, always improving. So I did a bad job at the beginning of this asking like <laughs> questions about how you fit into organization, all that stuff. You had mentioned that you have a colleague that handles kind of the data account, open API stuff. Are, are you, uh, are you all in terms of these external APIs actually delivering them or are you just sort of providing this governance and design function to delivery teams? No, no. We uh, so we each have um, delivery teams. Okay. So I, I have a number of teams, and, and and so does she. So we do everything from you know the discovery up to the actual delivery, the maintenance, and and okay. you know the new versions and cool. and everything in between. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. So uh, you know, I'm I'm all for uh, obviously spending time on designing things, uh, having those discussions, leaving space for it, and automating everything else. But I guess back to this question of consistency, you know, uh, in this case, it sounds like there's there's not maybe a, a it, like, I guess this group, you have control of all the external APIs or are there other things that you uh, that are maybe kind of out of your part of the organization that you need to stay in sync on standardizing things? Uh, no, we um, are all the APIs that are externalized need to go through our okay our group, the gateway. Um, so, so in, in a sense, yeah, we, and I feel fortunate that we're able to do that, um, because there, you know, there are tons of internal APIs and, and, but that's, I think that's a really key part why we just sort of chose at Wells Fargo to centralize the group rather than, you know, just make it disparate and everybody can kind of do what they want. I think that would make consistency and standards a lot more difficult. It, it might be, it might've been easier to get going in the first place, but I think if you, you know, from the customer's perspective, I think that that could have been a lot more, a lot, a lot trickier to, to understand and to even know who to go to. Like we have our own support team. Um, we have our own maintenance team because it's, I, I feel like that those are foundational pieces to ensure the quality really is where, where it needs to be yeah. rather than just get it out the door. Um, because one customer asked for it, you know, we want to make sure that this is repeatable, that, that, uh, you know, any customer, small or large, um, can, can in, in, implement, understand, call for support. All, all those things have to be in place. Yeah. That's an excellent investment by the organization into your group. Um, how do you show the ROI of the work that you're doing to the organization? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, in some cases we are going to be cannibalizing, um, other channels, sure. you know, we're going to have customers who used to go through, uh, you know, file based or, or, or some other channel, but you know, like Apple used to say, if you don't cannibalize yourself, somebody else will. So we're uh, in that sense, um, you know, it's, it's a good thing that we're, you know, getting, moving with the times, leading the pack, that, that sort of thing. Um, and we're doing what our customers want us to do. So in terms of ROI, yeah, we certainly can track when a, when a customer, uh, you know, makes a transaction, looks up data, we, we know the numbers. So we can say with a, with a line of business, how many times did a customer, you know, use a different channel versus the API and they can see the incremental gain or the cannibalization or whatever the case is. And there's certain, some of our, some of our, um, APIs are exclusive products where, um, customers can't do it any other way. They can't perform that service any other way. Um, and I, I, my, my guess is in the future that that's going to, that's going to start to be the case more and more. So the, the, it, thankfully with all the tracking, it's actually fairly, fairly straightforward to, to show, yeah, you, you know, we're being, uh, we're, we're doing a good job of bringing that ROI. You know, we have multiple billions of calls per year. So, so it's, it's clearly, it's working. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. I, I think that explanation to tie back earlier to like industry wide 
kind of standardization of everything, right? Which for me, I mean, 20 years, you've been hearing these things. Like the mere fact that companies compete on differentiation means we will never be there. That's always been my opinion, right? You're always going to want to have ways of doing things that differentiate differentiate uh, your brand from others. And by, by way of competition, it's impossible to completely standardize, right? Um, I think I think you're. It's a really good point. I think it. It's sort of an. I would say it depends. I know that's your favorite architect answer. Um, <laughs> um, it, you know, for certain for certain things, I think if enough customers demands that you meet a standard, I think you'll have to implement. Now, does that mean you exclusively have to? No. There, there's always ways to say, okay, we'll have two flavors or we'll have this standard plus something else for certain items, you know, um, for, for certain payment types, I, I could see that. And I could see, cust- uh, I could see API providers, um, differentiating on, on, uh, service performance, uh, on, on integration, on onboarding. There's just, there's so many pieces that the design piece is really just, okay, you're giving customers what they want, but all that other stuff, even, you know, in any other industry, commodity products, there's still differentiation on those other things. And it's not just price. It's going to be, you know, how easy is it? And what other products does the bank offer that make it? Yeah, it's a nice add on. Let's, you know, why are we going to ship just our API business somewhere else? So there, I think there's a lot going on around it. If, if, if I'm a, especially if I'm a new customer to the bank, if I have a good onboarding process and an easy integration and good handholding and a lot of testing and, you know, um, they help me with my digital certificates because that's always a tricky part. I, I think that's going to go a long way, even if I offer the exact same standard as, uh, you know, one, one of my competitors. So, so that's, that's my, it depends answer. <laughs> no, it's a great, that's a great answer. I think it's, it's great to point out that if you're in a commoditized market, where every like there's a whole bunch of companies that do roughly the same thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's always quality of experience that you went on in general, right? Past that. Yeah. So and, and secure. I haven't even mentioned security. You know, you want to make sure you trust that that everything is, is secure, especially when it comes to banks and payments. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> All our bank customers, man, like that's always the most serious discussions about security stuff, which I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Being paranoid helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it comes to uh, protecting our money, sure, I'll play along. Yeah, okay. I guess any uh, feels like a, a pretty good place to kind of wrap up a little bit. Um, any thoughts for us? We you know we've talked. I think we we kind of bounced around a little bit, but our our main thread mm-hmm. was consistency in design, how standards affect that that sort of thing. I guess when you kind of reflect on that, any kind of words of wisdom for the listeners here on how to approach these things. And, you know, as uh, you know, it's coming since you've uh, listened to all these before, like, you know, if I had to start from scratch, that all sounds great, but where would I get started to be, you know, more consistent and maybe comply with standards and that kind of thing. I think, um, so in terms of the, 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 where would I get started? It's, I feel like it's almost a two part answer that there's the easy part, which is talk to your customers, make sure you're actually building APIs for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you're actually solving the problem, the right tool for the right, you know, the right problem. I think that's sort of a, 
it sort of should go without saying, but it still needs to be said. It has to be said. <laughs> <laughs> so many people um, just like, well, this is what we're technically capable of. Let's go do this thing. And it's like, does anyone want that? <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you don't want to find out after way too much time and work. Yeah. Um, but I think the, so the part, the other part though, I, I would, one of the ways I like to do it is is work backwards. So picture yourself or your your institution in in two years, in three years, and say, well, what does the well-oiled machine look like? What does if I'm a customer, a developer customer, or a business customer, how does my experience? How, how do I? What does that experience look like? Where I am integrating three different API, not just one, because like you said, the consistency you can really only see it with multiple. Uh, what does it look like? How, you know, how do the names, the descriptions, the the test cases, the code snippets, the field names, how do they all, you know, um, the OAuth, uh, you know, all that put together? How does that look when it's a well-oiled machine? And then work backwards to say, okay, what parts do I need to get right or very close to right? pretty much immediately versus which ones can lag a little bit. You know, maybe the performance isn't going to be so great. We'll optimize that a little later. Our customers will understand. But we don't want to screw up the OAuth implementation. You know, we don't want to we don't want to have field names all over the place. So certain things let's iterate to the point where we feel comfortable up front and then let the other things go, but at least know the big picture. Um, of what it should look like in two or three years. And it's, I think it's a really good exercise because otherwise you just kind of, you're reactive and you're just sort of, you know, hey, let's just do this and see what happens. But you don't know if you're heading in the right direction. So if you have that somewhat of an end game, or at least, you know, um, then I think you'll, you'll be heading a lot more closely to what the right direction is from the get-go. Almost like you're designing your API program instead of just individual APIs. <laughs> That's absolutely. That's that's the great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I um, I tend to describe this sort of thing as like uh, have a vision for what you want things to look like, a desired future state, and then yeah. know kind of how to prioritize the incremental steps to get there. Which, by the way, we just described how to do strategy, which I feel like most people don't know how to do. <laughs> and this is all just to say, I think what you're saying is like have an API strategy that's multi-year into the future, have a vision for where you want to go so that you know what's core and you know what's nice to have. Yep. And then every time you do something, you you sort of stop and say, well, does this put, you know, move me towards the ultimate, you know, where I where I should be? Because without that, I mean, what isn't that the, the Yogi Berra, you know, if if you uh <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, you'll 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 end up somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's 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 you know, you want the opposite of that. Totally. Yeah. I uh I'm I'm a fan, uh, Mr. David. That's uh, excellent advice. So, well, Anna, uh, thanks for joining again. Uh, and thanks for having uh, me. Absolutely. And uh, Daniel, thanks for joining us and uh, sharing some wisdom from uh, your your decade in fintech. Here, we appreciate it. Thank you both. It's been great. Thanks for listening. If you have a question you want to ask. Look in the description of whichever platform you're viewing or listening on, and there should be a link there so you can go submit a question and we'll do our best to find out the right answer for you.